Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host and go-to career coach, Kelsey Kemp. You're tuning in to the Job Library series, which is a bingeable collection of interviews with professionals from a vast variety of industries to help you gain the exposure and the insider info you need to find a career path you'll love. If you're excited to live vicariously through people with super cool jobs, maybe even some you've never heard of, then you're in the right place. If you're looking for step-by-step guidance on how you can identify your unique calling and actually land a job that pays you to fulfill it, then go have a blast scrolling through the nearly 50 other episodes of Answer the Call waiting for you below this series. In this episode, I'm actually in the hot seat. (laughs) What? Okay, so my boyfriend Michael is here to interview me to tease out all the details of what it's been like to start my own career coaching practice and what you can do if you're interested in a career like mine, whether that's in career coaching in one of its many forms or in your own online-based coaching or consulting business, which as you'll hear me explain in the episode, can be in any niche or special under the sun, helping people through whatever problem you're passionate about and equipped to solve. If you have any follow-up questions to this episode or any episode, you could always feel free to reach out to me on Instagram with your questions at any time. I'm at Kelsey underscore the call to career. One quick thing before we dive in, if you have enjoyed any number of episodes of Answer the Call and the Job Library series, would you please do me this tiniest favor that would actually make a huge impact? It would mean so much to me if you took just 30 seconds as you're listening to this episode to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I'm so, so grateful for your help. All right, if you're ready, I'm ready. And I hope you love this all-access look into what my career is really like behind the scenes. Enjoy! All right. Well, we're doing this. And I'm nervous because I am not the one in the hot seat. Usually, of course, I do these solo episodes and I'm asking people questions. But it's a different matter to be asked questions. So, Michael... Welcome on. Thank you for having me. Of course. Wait, hey, why don't you share a little bit about yourself before you take over and ask all the questions? Well, I recently moved to Austin, so I guess I'm an Austinite. I guess so. I think that's how we met. Yeah. I think we live in the same city. Yeah. Pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I'm originally from Houston and Mm -hmm. lived there for 18 years, then went to A&M for five and have been living in Austin now for just a little over a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a civil engineer, and I work at a small to mid-sized firm, and I've been there for about six months, but I've been in the engineering field for the past year, and I've really enjoyed it, and I can't wait for the future and see what happens. So that's a little bit about me. Oh, and I love basketball. Yeah, you're I, all about it, all about the basketball. I'm all about basketball. Unfortunately, with Rona... No basketball, but it'll be back. It'll be back. Wait, what are some other things you're interested in? I feel like your hobbies are really cool, like dancing and all stuff. Yeah, so I dabble in country. Dabble? (laughs) You're a flipping country dancing master. Oh. Like, you could do the flips, the tricks. It's so fun. You're so good at it. Well, you're too kind, but thank you. (laughs) Um, I do love country dancing, and it's just... Yeah, I can't wait to be back. Can't yeah. wait to be back. Same. So, that's a little bit about me. Um, now I get to interview you. Yeah. So, um, all right. From here on out, mm-hmm. you're asking the questions. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, Miss Kelsey Kemp. Yeah, that's me. So, what do you do, and what are you all about? All right. So what do I do? I'm a career coach. I specialize in helping Christians understand what the biblical perspective on your calling and your purpose is. And then I actually help them discern what their unique calling is and practically land a job that would pay them to fulfill it so they could make their life's work, their life's work, you know, and get compensated for it. Um, 
And so I started my career coaching practice two years ago and also do podcasting and speaking gigs. Obviously podcasting. Hello, we're here. (laughs) Um, And what am I all about? I'm all about uh, my faith, my faith in Christ, my church community that I love a lot here in Austin. I'm all about my work, obviously. Um, Seeing that I am all about following your calling and that's something that's deeply rewarding. All about Austin. I'm pretty obsessed with where we live and my relationships like with you and with my twin sister Kirsten and my friends and turtlenecks. I like exclusively wear turtlenecks for some reason, as you know, (laughs) and cats and fast cars and stuff like that. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm all about. (laughs) Well, I dig it. Mm. I'm glad. Yeah. Glad that's, I was wondering if you, if you dug it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Still dig it. Still dig it. (laughs) So with that being said, what's a career dream of yours, big or small? Career dream? uh, I have a dime a dozen um, career dreams, but the big ones are, I really want to be like the the Dave Ramsey of Christian career advice and things. So like, I would love to have... um, expand my program from a one-on-one career coaching program to be something that is like a class that churches, organizations, businesses can take in groups. And my other big dream, I would say that this is the biggest, it excites me more than anything, is thinking about having an adult camp, like a summer camp for adults where for a week we go somewhere in the Texas Hill Country to one of my favorite camps that maybe I went to as a kid. And it's like a hybrid of group coaching and each camper comes out with like a transformed vision of their career and a plan to go change things. Basically condense my program into a a summer camp where we're also doing water activities and mess hall competitions and all the things and people have team t-shirts and I have a, a megaphone and all that. <laughs> That's my dream. <laughs> Sounds like a great dream. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and so I graduated in 2019. Mm-hmm. When did you graduate college? Oh, here's... And what was your degree? This is so funny. <laughs> so, uh, I... So I'm two years older than you. Um, I got no qualms about that. In a month. Yeah, Yeah, no qualms. It's all good. So funny, though, because we met via online dating (laughs) Uh, almost five months ago now. That's kind of weird. Anyway, so um, I... (laughs) When I saw your age, I thought, I mean, you graduated two years after me. Like, that's not that big a deal. Lo and behold, it's typical in engineering to graduate in five years. I just, like, that didn't click. So it's kind of funny. That would have been a hang-up for me, but then I met you. I was like, nah, this is all good. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, I graduated in 2016. (gasps) The scandal. The Uh, scandal. How do you feel about that? (laughs) Uh... Age is but a number. It's but a number. Mm-hmm. And that is all. Yes. Um, and I also went to Texas A&M, as everyone is well aware, um, through the other podcast episodes. And I actually studied supply chain management, which is kind of a lesser known major in the business school. It's like operational management and logistics. I really like making things more efficient. So I liked the study of that. Very cool. So, what post-grad job did you have before going into career coaching, and how did you come to realize you wanted to start a career coaching business? Mm, Okay, so I only had one post-grad job before starting my business, and I was in tech consulting, or like, specifically, I was in the emerging technology group and digital tech group um, with PwC. It's a really large um, firm primarily known for accounting, but I was in their consulting division. And I did that for two years, uh, which was kind of like, in my eyes, I was, I was really motivated by not looking like a millennial flake. I'll admit that was a huge fear of mine, which I know a listener asked about what were some of my biggest fears, and I'll touch on that more. Um, But I really wanted to do the right thing in other people's eyes. And so 
I got into that career path because the best way I knew how to, or kind of the only way I knew how to make a career decision was to evaluate um, what would be successful or impressive in other people's eyes and uh, what's like a highly sought after um, profession, especially in the business school, it's kind of easy to be competitive and see what other people are going after and then see like, can I do that? Can I win that uh, opportunity? And um, yeah, so I, that's kind of sad to say, but I was just doing my best and I thought, okay, that's impressive. And I want to show that I'm going to be a successful person and have promise. So got that coveted consulting job and uh, quickly found out um, throughout the two years that I stuck it out there um, that the world's definition of success is not my definition of success nor um, God's uh, as from what I read in the Bible and so I had to go through this whole journey of figuring out like whoa clearly everything that I've used to decide my path up until this point has not worked. How do I find what I really feel called to do? And that was a huge question that spun me into um, a lot of analysis paralysis, a lot of stress, a lot of feeling like I was so worried that I was about to make the stupidest decision of my life or conversely, um, just go into something that's pretty much the same, but just has less hours and less travel and kind of sucks less <laughs> in those areas. And I found myself waffling between like, well, how do I, how do I make a decision? Um, what do I really want to do? I knew I always wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was a little kid, always wanted to start my own business. But, um, I thought, is it the time to do that? Um, yeah, just thought, how do I make a solid decision and if I did start my own business is it too early for that would I be shooting my chances at ever getting to go back into the corporate sphere again or would I be forever unimpressive and have a ruined resume if I tried something and it didn't work out um but all to say after a lot of reflection a lot of taking every personality test on the planet and realizing that those don't actually tell you with specificity what is going to be satisfying a satisfying use of your life um i was like wow it is time to just scrap everything that i thought i knew and i just got to the point where i said god i really will do anything would you just show me the way and that took a long time to get to that level of surrender because i thought no i could still be strategic i could figure things out i could do what i want but I was like, wow, no, I'm just going to totally put this in God's hands. And through that, um, I finally started seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and figuring things out. I got the revelation that um, if I wanted to be start my own business, um, I my mom always said that common adage like, necessity is the mother of invention. And so I looked at my own life and I said, what would be the most meaningful problem that could be solved in my own life? And quickly I was like, oh, helping me figure out what I want to do with it. And then I looked around and realized all my friends felt the same way pretty much. And so I thought, hmm, this would be worth it to pursue. Can I figure this out for myself, systemize it and help others with it? Um, then I found out that career coaching is a profession. Um, and then one night it kind of, I'll wrap the story up quickly, but I, um, when I kind of received the calling from God to go do this, I was actually alone in my hotel room in Chicago. I was traveling there for business, um, for a couple of months in my old job. And it was Valentine's Day. <laughs> it was so funny. And I was um, I was listening to this podcast that I randomly came across. And it was by this girl also named Kelsey. And she quit her lucrative position or her career as a lawyer to go into higher education. And I thought, wow, she gave up something huge and doesn't regret it. Maybe I could too. And then she happened to be interviewing a guest who 
was a career coach and I thought, whoa, this seems like the coolest thing. Maybe, maybe I would want to do it. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, I just felt this like hugely convicting thought, a rush of words um, that I scrambled to pick up a notepad and jot down. And I felt God tell me, go help deploy my soldiers to the stations in society where they're meant to serve. And that's been my mission ever since. And I've just felt every door open and yeah, long story short, that's kind of how I found myself in the profession of career coaching. I shortly thereafter signed up for a career coaching certification program, got a little taste of it and was like, yeah, for sure. And then I quit my job and I've been pursuing it full time ever since. That's awesome. (laughs) It's a big story. That was. It's pretty intense. But quite entertaining and very helpful. (laughs) Well, I'm glad glad to hear you say so. So, listener question. What was your greatest fear walking into your new career? Oh, yeah. I was touching on a little bit of this, but um, I had a, a lot of fears. Um, I think they really boiled down to, if this doesn't work out, will I just look like an idiot? Will people judge me and I won't be seen as successful in other people's eyes or my own. I just wouldn't be that person that I I always hoped would. I guess I really realized I had an idol of approval, seeking approval from others. Um, And so I thought, man, if this doesn't work out, or even if it does, and I just tell people the news of what I'm gonna do, are they gonna think I'm really stupid? Am I gonna lose all my savings if it doesn't work out? Um, And also, if this doesn't work out, if I give it my best shot, will this be proof that I really can't have a fulfilling life and maybe work really is just about the grind and being, I don't know, a responsible, quote, responsible person. Although I wish that people reframed responsibility and measured it by faithful use of your gifts and service to others in a measure that you actually believe in. Um, But anyway, it's so funny because it turns out the truth is people, um, I want to be delicate with saying this because oftentimes fears are not realistic and you'll either not experience the feared scenario if you just go for it, or if you do, it's just not that big of a deal. Uh, In my experience, I actually did encounter a lot of people thinking I was stupid and thinking I was crazy and a flighty millennial that is like entitled to go do something that she just made up. (laughs) Um, And I also did deplete um, all of my savings. I had some unfortunate things happen shortly after I left my job. Um, But in that, I just saw God care for me in the sweetest ways. And um, I never, because of that, and because of my faith in him, never lost hope. And now I feel so grateful that I no longer serve that idol of money. Not to say I don't prize responsibility in having a viable business, which I do have now. Um, And I do trust that one day I will exceed my corporate earning potential to be transparent. Um, but it's not about the money. And I, I see now that like God had a lot of work to do in me that, yeah, so the fear did happen. Um, my fear of not being approved of in other people's eyes. People did think I was crazy. I did lose some friends. Um, and I did uh, deplete a lot of my savings, but it ended up okay. And looking back, I could truly say like I did genuinely lose so much. But I know it sounds kind of cheesy just hearing on the outside, but I really mean this with all sincerity. I did feel like I gained every measure of wealth and meaning in my life and everything that's good. Like I'm reunited with my sister and we're in the same city. Um, I have better friends, like the best friends that I could ever imagine in a community I love. I met you. I have this job that I'm obsessed with. And now like the people that I thought their approval mattered so much, um, it really didn't. And the people whose approval it did matter, like the clients I serve, who genuinely tell me like your work has changed my life, like in the dozens that's what mattered. So yeah, 
I will try to be more brief in these answers, but I hope that what I'm sharing is meaningful to people. <laughs> no, no. Uh, nothing lost, nothing gained. Yeah, So that's true. Well, what are some of the different career paths or specialties you can explore within your career coaching? So within the realm of career coaching, I'm, I'm going to answer this from two perspectives because there's specialties within career coaching and then there's also this realm of like, I'm not really just representing what it means to be a career coach. You could have any kind of personal um, coaching or consulting type business that's like an online service-based model that you could replicate what I'm doing, just whatever your story is and your talents are, you could go help other people with that. So I'll speak to career coaching specifically. It really ranges anywhere from the practicals, like write, resume writing, interview prep, negotiations, um, and LinkedIn, like spiffing that up, to more career counseling, like helping someone with their direction and how they feel about their career and helping them level up in that way. Um, so it's kind of those well, I'll say three paths, like where do you want to go helping people with that? So helping them with their direction and what I've seen from the many other career coaches I've looked up or met, um, honestly, they'll spend like one session on this or even like an hour, hour and a half, or they'll boil it down to more personality tests. To me, it's so much more complex than that. Um, and to give someone the chance to thoroughly evaluate every single option and every angle of themselves that they see or haven't seen yet, um, and then make a thoughtful career decision and vet that over the weeks. That's so important to me. So that's something that I do um, over even three to four weeks. Um, I spend a lot of depth and thoroughness in that arena, helping someone with their figure out their career direction. And then there's also people that just mostly specialize in the how do you get there though. So that that's the resume writers, the coaches that will help you prep for an interview or help with your salary negotiations or things like that. And then there's like this third realm of how do you do well in the career that you have. And those are like the leadership or team coaches. They'll like work with corporate teams and whatnot. Um, so I do both the where do you want to go and how do you get there. Um, I have not yet built out a service in which I'm helping teams and leaders and whatnot, although one day I plan to. So I'm more of an end to end, like full service. I'm your career concierge from beginning to finish. Um, but most career coaches I've seen really, they'll just focus on like, resume writing and so that's actually a misconception I'll get into that I'm just a resume writer um, but in terms of um, specialties you could explore if you just want to have an online coaching or consulting business like I do um, it could literally be anything under the sun um, so you can make it any niche um, that you could think of so I would recommend um, looking at your own story, what you've overcome or what you've achieved or something that you really care about that you've gone through. Um, and then think about what about you made that a su success and how do you systemize that, help other people with it, get extremely specific. So examples of this is I've even met a men's, <laughs> this is so funny. Uh, I think what she does is absolutely amazing. She's like a menstruation coach for entrepreneurs. I know I'm making you so uncomfortable, but she literally helps entrepreneurs um, relieve hormonal burnout and schedule their business activities around the cycle where at times they'll feel a lot more creative, at times they'll feel more depleted um, and help them come into alignment with that. And I actually admire what she does so much. It's really cool. But then like actually one of our very own listeners, Beatrice, if she's listening, is now a sensitivity reading consultant. She just made this up and it's so amazing. And she's just recently gotten her first contract um, where she helps um, businesses or writers edit and proofread their work to make sure that um, there's no blind spots um, that um, would potentially be blind spots from a racial or cultural perspective to make sure the writing is more inclusive. So that is so, so cool. Yeah, see, it's literally anything that you want to make up. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are the specialties. 
Isn't that so cool? <laughs> Way to go Beatrice for discerning what she is really called to do and for going after it. That takes gusto and I have just been elated to see you along the way. If you're feeling like, man, I want to go and I want to feel excited and passionate about my work like that. I want to work towards something I really believe in. I want to say the truth is you can. God has entrusted you with unique talents and attributes to use in a powerful way for his glory. It's my prayer that you would really believe and embrace that. I also want you to know that it doesn't have to take months or years of doubt, confusion, and second guessing and wading through analysis paralysis on your own before you could finally find your true calling and fulfill it. You're also not too young and it's not too difficult or scary and it's also never too late. I'm here to help you clearly, deeply, and methodically come to understand what you're called to do with your career, then practically land the job that's aligned with it, whether that's across the country or in a totally new industry. Your dream career pivot really is in reach. If that all sounds like a godsend to you, then I want to formally invite you to apply for my deep dive private career coaching program. My signature two month program includes seven weekly coaching sessions with me, access to the library of guides and workbooks I've created to propel you further and faster to your goal between sessions, as well as unlimited support I offer to you in between sessions to help you nail down all of the practicals like your networking, your messaging and your strategy and that, your resume and interview prep and negotiations. I'm going to help you save a load of time, stress and dead end job applications through it all. To take the first step, go to my website, kelseykemp.com forward slash coaching to learn more and book a free 30 minute consultation with me this week to objectively evaluate if this opportunity is the perfect fit to help set your career on a trajectory you're elated to pursue for years to come. Talk to you soon. Now back to the episode. Well, how about some common misconceptions about career coaching? Yeah. You hinted to that already. Yes. So common misconceptions, um, like I mentioned, like, oh, do you just, are you like a recruiter? Do you help people just research and find the jobs? And I'm like, that's one aspect of what I do. Um, I, I just don't think that there's too many examples of career coaches that really do walk with you through the entire career transition process as I do. Um, so people just think that I just write resumes or um, help place them in a job. Uh, but the other big misconception is that coaching is the same as consulting, which is advice giving. Um, I do transition more into the consulting world towards the end where I'm helping someone with their networking strategy and with their resume and cover letter and their messages and networking and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, that is a bit more very, it's not even practical advice giving, like I'm helping them write all that stuff from a very practical standpoint. But in terms of helping someone with their career direction and getting them to a place where they really feel like they've discerned God's calling for their life um, and they're excited to go for it and they feel confident about it, um, I am most definitely not giving advice. I am stepping into a, a counseling and coaching role where I'm asking them open-ended questions. I have no agenda for their life or where it's going to end up. I'm purely helping them consider things from every angle and explore things more strategically and with more depth within themselves and then make meaning out of all of that and lay it into a strategy. And so that is a very, very delicate process in which I am staying really diligent to just ask questions and not assert anything. I would never want to manipulate someone's life path. I take it really seriously that I'm helping them find their own answers. Um, and so from that lens, other misconceptions arise. Like um, a lot of people, especially in the beginning before I was less confident and my confidence really now speaks. And so I don't get as many people questioning me because they could see, no, I have a valid service to provide. 
Um, but in the beginning, I had a lot of um, people my age or older um, say really abrupt things like, aren't you too young for that? Don't you need to be more experienced in your career? AKA, I'll be honest, most likely like a 50 year old male to be helping with this. Like, don't you need corporate leadership experience and all this stuff? And um, to them, I would just say, no, because I'm not telling someone how to replicate my career. I'm not mentoring them. I am not giving them advice from um, my walk with things. I am helping them in a counseling role discern their own path. So that doesn't require that I have 30 years in corporate. It really doesn't. And in fact, I I will boldly assert that I feel that it's more valuable to take your own ego out of it and help people from a questioning perspective. So yeah, I had a lot of people question that and that was kind of frustrating. (laughs) I bet. Yeah. So what is your typical day in the life? What does that look like? Yeah. So in terms of hours, I honestly, um, I typically start work at like 9.30 or 10, but then I'll finish work at 7 or sometimes later. Um, And that's because a lot of my coaching calls, um, most of them take place between 4 and 6.45 p.m. um, So that my clients, a lot of them are currently in jobs, and so they'll either take the coaching call over a lunch break um, or after work um, in the evening, early evening. So because of that, uh, I do start a little bit later and I'm just someone that really prizes my time in the morning. I do like a slower start. And so over the years I've learned that works for me. I really like taking my dang time with my, my quiet time in the morning, reading the Bible, praying, talking with my sis, listening to a podcast, someone else's podcast. Um, so yeah, those are typically my hours. Um, I mean, in the early days, I did take coaching calls over the weekend. I don't do that anymore, Um, but I was trying to make anything work, Uh, and I still sometimes record podcasts over the weekend, like this one. And in terms of how I spend my day, I usually do more networking and communication activities in the morning, content creation uh, and producing, yeah, content midday, and then coaching sessions and podcasts in the afternoon and early evening. That's kind of what I've found works for me. Cool. So what are the tasks that you spend the majority of your time doing? Okay, I'm going to consult my notes for this because there's so many things. I just want to make sure I give a good overview um, because I think that'll be really helpful to people to show how... I know that people know there's so much that goes into having a small business um, that even two years in, it's still like... I don't know when I'm going to get out of the startup phase per se, Um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot that goes on. So um, in terms of, I'm going to break it down between client work or client facing support work, content creation, which is, um, I have a content marketing strategy um, that I operate through and then outreach and networking the podcast and then admin and then creation of larger projects and launching more programs so client work that includes coaching sessions um free consultations for potential clients uh using my time to check in with clients on their progress keeping up to date with them making sure they're good um and designing homework for them delivering the guides and curriculum that I've already created to guide them throughout their self-study in the process and prep for our sessions, um, helping them edit their, like I said, their resumes, their cover letters, like being free to take a quick call to ask a question about, I'm not getting responses from these people. How would you recommend I follow up with them? At literally editing their emails and giving them pointers and personalized how-tos for their industry. Um, my career coaching packages are so much more support and work from me than the time that we spend 
on an actual coaching call. So I spend a lot of time doing that as well as onboarding new clients. So doing their invoicing, writing up a contract for them and initial delivery of like their prep work before our first session. Um, and then doing fun things like sending them care packages and like sending them a surprise book that's like perfect for their situation or um, like delivering a congrats uh, present on their last day from their job that they're now leaving and all this stuff. That's my favorite. Um, in terms of content creation, oh my gosh, this takes up a ton of time. So like writing podcast outlines and all that stuff and turning that into writing blogs and writing my emails for my email community and writing LinkedIn posts and Instagram posts and the hashtags and the Instagram stories and Facebook stories. It really goes on and on and on and on. And I hope to be hiring um, an assistant very soon. Uh, so anyway, but outreach and networking, that's like keeping up with friends, nurturing new relationships, personal and professional, always engaging with my audience over LinkedIn, Facebook messages, Instagram messages, emails, um, sending pitches for new speaking engagements and being on other people's podcasts and opportunities like that, always new stuff. The podcast, this takes a ton of time, especially since I'm in the midst of um, doing three to four a week in this series. That's quadrupled my time doing this. <laughs> so like reaching out to new guests, coordinating schedules with them, writing questions for them, sending it over to them ahead of time because I really want them to feel prepared and comfortable and honored in that way. Um, and then writing solo episode outlines, actually taking the time to record it, editing, which I've now outsourced, which I'm so grateful for, um, and writing the show notes and publishing and marketing them to a bunch of different places. <sighs> It's your head spinning. Sorry, I'm about to wrap up. Then there's like so many other things like updating the copy and design for my own website and um, creating new curriculum updates for my clients and programs and bookkeeping, accounting and photo shoots for um, my different stuff and looking into tools to like automate and create systems in my business. And that's probably not all it, but yeah, that's... I'm kind of touching a little bit of all of that on most days. It's amazing you have time for for breathing. Oh, Or anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. I try. Yeah. I mean, it's all right. I also don't want to give the picture that I'm like pure hustle all the time. Because you know, like we both have a high value for like right. keeping things in perspective. And I'm also not... I know other small business owners appropriately feel like I have to hustle so hard the first few years because maybe they have a pretty high income goal. Like for these first two years, I've genuinely been okay with just making what I need to make to live. And I've found it so easy to get overwhelmed with all it takes to build a business. So I'm also okay with taking it slower. So um, I actually... I try to keep all this in the balance, but I also um, try to somehow have a relaxed pace during the day. Yeah. So I'm not like, I wouldn't consider myself a very productive person. That's been a, something I'm really self-conscious about, actually. I feel like I'm pretty slow at things, um, but yeah, I still try to keep up with all this. Yeah, and you do a really good job. Ah, thanks. So what is, oh, this is a listener question. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about your job? Oh, okay. I'll keep this simple. So my favorite thing about my job, oh, there's so many things, but I feel like people could kind of get it. So I'll just simply say genuinely my favorite thing is feeling at peace, knowing I am working as faithfully as possible to put my life to good use. Like there's so much peace that comes from feeling aligned with who God made me to be and what I feel he meaningfully wants me to do to serve him um, and uplift others. And as long as I'm chipping away at that day by day, that is such like, I can't put words to that feeling. It's so, so good. Cause I, 
I think the worst part of my old job wasn't just the stress of it and different things being super hard or being away from home all the time and traveling. I would really boil down the hardest thing about that job was feeling like um, I was personally wasting my time on earth, which is very precious. (laughs) So I would say my favorite thing is feeling at peace, knowing I am really purposeful in what I'm doing. Yeah, you have to love what you do. Yeah. Well, what's a little less glamorous about your job? Mm. Something less enjoyable? Yeah, so uh, for me, I know that everyone kind of handles being a small business owner differently, but the tough parts for me in that are like, not having a boss that's something it's kind of funny I miss it's really hard holding yourself accountable all the time like if I'm just not feeling something sometimes that's nice that I don't have like all these crazy deadlines looming over me um but also sometimes it's like hard to be scrape up the motivation internally constantly and do everything myself and keep everything up myself and have the vision, hold it and be the task worker too. Um, And I miss having a team. I'm glad that I'm just now kind of starting to expand things like just hired a podcast editor and I'm about to hopefully hire um, an assistant for other activities and who will be more of an executive assistant and partner in things. So I won't feel like, oh, it's just all up to me. Um, But yeah, that's, that's structure sometimes, sorry, that's difficult. Sometimes I miss structure, but at the same time, not really. (laughs) I love my schedule and just going with the flow. Um, I'd say it's other people might be more freaked out about not having secure income. Um, Strangely, that really doesn't freak me out. Like it's always worked out in the end. Um, And I've been okay with that. Um, so yeah, maybe that's kind of unexpected. The things that people would typically freak out over, I don't really, but yeah, some of those things. Oh, taxes. That kind of makes me (laughs) sad sometimes. I'll just be transparent. If you're self-employed, like you got to save probably at least 30% away for taxes. But I've learned to just like when I, uh, when a new client comes on or like I, get uh, an installment for something I just put 30% in savings and I don't look at it I don't cry over it. it's just like there it is no <laughs> that's a good plan to have yeah well another listener question what's the biggest lesson you've had to learn the hard way mm, so many <laughs> literally I am just constantly humbled by entrepreneurship constantly um, but one of the biggest lessons I had to learn the hard way was that there truly is no secret to business success. There's really not there. I know that a lot of, um, quote, business coaches or strategists that like teach you how to do certain things and succeed online. Um, some of their messaging will, would like to have you believe that there is some hidden secret that if they just teach you this one thing, you're going to be successful. Um, And I'm not saying that they're being insincere in that. I think it can just be misleading for the the audience um, or someone like me. Um, Like I would just go back in time and tell myself that there's the only big difference between me and the successful entrepreneurs that I was jealous of at the time. Um, It's just that they decided to pick one strategy that logically makes sense It doesn't have to be crazy or some secret hidden thing that nobody knows about. A lot of anything that would make you successful is literally just Googleable and common sense. And you don't need to pay someone to help you figure all this stuff out. Not to say I haven't found immense value in some programs um, that I've done. But uh, yeah, it's just pick a strategy that makes sense and then don't give up on it rain or shine, commit to that essential business action every single day. Don't get caught up in bells and whistles that aren't going to feed your bottom line. Um, And so I spent a lot of time investing in different programs, being taught by different mentors, um, doing business masterminds and stuff that 
over the years I got a lot of different formulas but found myself in just drenched in shame and guilt that I still wasn't quote successful yet and it was just because I was waiting I think for some strategy that would make me feel comfortable and secure but you just it's going to be uncomfortable and you just have to stick with something and say I'm just going to stick with doing this like reaching out to five people the for example five people every day for six months rain or shine I'm not going to be committed or attached to any outcome I'm just going to see what happens and that kind of detached just try things out and stick with it that would have helped me flourish a lot sooner but I was waiting for like the secret that was going to kind of be a like success in a I don't want to say overnight, but in a quick time frame, and it was going to feel so easy, breezy, and not uncomfortable. There is no, no such thing as that. <laughs> what do you think someone would have to have, like, and be okay with to be a great career coach? Yeah, I think in terms of what someone would have to have um, to be a really great, like, truly a career coach, not a resume writer or a consultant, um, you would have to have true compassion and a desire to um serve others and being a well this is kind of like you have to be okay with not needing to be heard or affirmed because that's not your job like you are there to be like it's my goal that someone would get to the end of working with me as their career coach and they would feel like wow I really did that because truly they were so bought in and they really saw that all of the answers were coming from them. And in my mind, that's only the only real sustainable solution that they could have instead of Kelsey gave me this great advice and she showed me how to copy her story and have this hero's journey. Um, so I think that a lot of people frankly get into the coaching industry um, because and I've done certification programs. I've been um, around a lot of other coaches. Um, so I'll say this sincerely. I have seen this a lot. I think a lot of people get into the coaching industry because they want to be seen, heard, affirmed, and seen as the hero and have the ego boost that can come from having minions copy what you did to master your life. Um, and so I think you have to be okay with um, being selfless and really just seeking to lift others up and see all that they have within them. Um, and ask more questions over talking. Um, and then they have to like, um, yeah, along those lines, listening and empathizing with people, being patient, truly seeing the best in them, and holding unwavering belief in what's possible for them, um, and not buying into their limiting beliefs that oftentimes people want to convince you of. Like some clients I've worked with, they've been like, it, it's weird, they're, and I've done this myself, um, like I'm not above it, but they really want me to believe that their limiting beliefs are true and that, no, I don't think this is possible. I don't think I could do it so that they don't have to really face that and walk through the tough stuff to get to the other side. Um, but it's just not true. So um, being really patient with people, seeing the absolute best in them um, and holding out belief in them when other people in their life won't. And then in terms of being okay with to be a career coach or like a um, online business or online coach or consultant of any kind and just starting your own business, I really think that you have to be okay with embarrassing yourself a lot and just doing something before you're ready. You're never going to feel ready. It's never going to be perfect. Um, and you will probably always look back and find something cringeworthy about you, what you did but it's just required. You have to put yourself out there all the time and be okay with being proud of yourself for trying and being okay with things being a little cringeworthy. Like I look back on my old stuff, even I could post something literally one day back and I look back and I'm like, mm, bravest girl in the world, poor thing. <laughs> but you just got to do it. You got to keep on going and try and fail and 
move forward. Well, then what would you suggest to someone wanting to start a career coaching practice? Mm, Okay, first, in terms of getting, I would break things down into getting qualified and then getting your first clients. Those are two different matters. Um, Some people would just say start. uh, I know that um, coaching is not at this time a regulated industry. Um, you, there is the International Coaching Federation, the ICF, that you could get accredited through if you want to have that badge on your website, although you're not required to have that designation to practice. Um, that's just kind of something to say, hey, I did some training, look at me, and I did accredited training for that. Um, so getting qualified in terms of certifications is not required, although I would say... It is because um, I hold a high view of what I think coaching should be. I think you should have training to have that really trusted, influential position in someone's life. Um, I, I know that it could be very easy for coaches to overstep their bounds and um, manipulate someone or not have them not handle the coaching relationship properly and honor the client and have zero agenda, only honoring the client's agenda. So in order to do that, I really think that you need to do a coach training program that's legitimate, lengthy, has depth to their curriculum to teach you how you want, how to be a coach. Cause I think that people are naturally great advisors and consultants because people love to hear themselves talk and give advice and coaching doesn't typically come that naturally to people. Um, so I did uh, a program called IPEC, um, the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. That took me about nine months to get through, which is average. Um, And that truly taught me the foundations in coaching. Um, And I also am currently enrolled in further training in neuro-linguistic programming, which I feel is an even more powerful method where you're learning how to learn someone's inner language and how their mental model works and then work effectively with that to create transformation. So um, I would really recommend both of those programs. And if anyone listening is interested in those and has detailed questions, I could tell you all about them because there are so many programs out there. Um, Some are just the quick couple hours over a weekend and it's really not going to help you out. Others are a huge investment, honestly, like the ones I did. Um, And I can walk you through what I know, the different programs that I have looked into and why I chose what I chose. Um, And then in terms of starting your own coaching practice, the other aspect is, okay, you kind of know what you're talking about. You've done some coach training, um, but what about getting your first clients? So uh, I'll just keep this super simple. Um, There's so many different business podcasts that you could go look up and they'll tell you how to start a coaching practice. But to keep it super simple, I'm just gonna say like, be really humble. Um, (laughs) I say this because I look back and I I think I felt that I needed to convince people like, no, I know what I'm doing when I was just starting out. It's okay to, nobody will think you know what you're doing. So just kind of embrace that and humbly ask some friends like, hey, I'm starting out. I, here's what I'm doing. Um, I'm working with, like you could say, I'm working with clients at a student rate for the next, whatever, three months. So I would say, suggest, um, go ahead, like start with some people for free um, and then build up some testimonials, then start working with people at a student rate. That would have really helped my confidence if I just embraced that I was still new at things and didn't feel like, oh, the only people reason someone would say yes is if they feel I'm an expert. Nope. Everyone sees through that. Don't worry about it. Just embrace it um, and then build it up from there. Don't get too freaked out that it's going to take a while to build up your rates to a livable extent. Um, Don't be afraid to take part-time jobs like I did. It's all good. Well, with that being said, what's one nugget of career advice you'd like to close out with? Yeah, okay. It's kind of ironic because... I literally have like 70 podcasts at this point that you can go listen to with a whole bunch of um, pieces of advice that I hope are very helpful to people. Um, 
but I would just wrap it up with the core theme that I, it's just so on my heart for people to embrace. And I hope that people feel encouraged to do this through anything I have to share is just the fact that there's a lot of things that you could go out and seek to maximize your enjoyment in life. Like go find a life and a career that you'll love, that you'll think is so cool and go get all the money and um, do something fun or barely work and travel and all this stuff. But I would just really encourage people to flip the script and say, ask instead of asking like, what can I do to enjoy my life more? Ask, what can I do to fulfill God's will for my life? Like, what does he want for me? Um, And living in alignment, knowing the love of your creator and his unique purpose for you. Oh my gosh, I just found so much more richness in that than um, I was once going down that path of like, what can I do to just love my life? And now I've realized that's not the point of it. I just want to love God and serve him. Um, And when you partner with him in that way, he'll take you down, ironically, like, a path where you do love so much of the process um, just out of his graciousness. So I hope to encourage people to seek to be as faithful and bold as possible in using your talents. Steward the gifts that were given to you um, and maximize the opportunities that God gave you to use for his glory. So that is my advice. I think that's kind of like the nugget in the way to live a fulfilling life is ask God what does it mean to live a fulfilling life? And then go do that. <laughs> well, very good. Oh, wait, plot twist. One more question. Oh, oh. Yeah, this one's from me. From you. Okay. Yes. Ask away. So what is a place out of the city, out of the state, and out of the country? What would be your next place for each of those that you'd want to visit and why? <gasps> oh, okay. Out of the city. Uh, where do I want to go? Uh, I, okay, I recently read Where the Crawdads Sing, a really popular book that's going around a lot, and it just makes me want to go to, uh, South Carolina, like, out of the middle of nowhere so badly. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, so that's out of the city, wait, that's out of the state that's also. out of the state. Okay, so well, now, that's one. What's just in Texas? Uh, just in Texas... Um, well, I would love to go home and see my family if I wasn't scared of giving them the Rona. Um, they're in Corpus Christi on the coast in Texas. Um, and then out of the country, I really, really, really want to go back to Mexico City. That's one of my favorite cities in the whole world. Um, I mean, I've been like all over. I've been to China, all over Europe. I've been, um, to... A bunch of different states and crazy stuff. South America. Um, yet, it's so funny. The country in the backyard of Texas. You know, like right below us is Mexico. That's actually one of my favorite places I've ever visited. Not like the where pay for everything with a wristband at a resort kind of experience. Mexico City is one of the coolest metropolitan, colorful, beautiful, kind cities I've ever been to. And I'm desperate to go back. <laughs> Well, that makes my job easier then. Oh, you're planning something? <laughs> what? What? I didn't say anything. You didn't say anything. No. Okay, well, it's on the record. You kind of did. Kind of alluded to it. <laughs> well, hopefully that maybe gets edited out. <laughs> no, Dennis, keep it in. Keep it in. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Dennis. Um, yes. Well, Michael, thank you so much for asking the questions this time. It's pretty weird being in the hot seat, but I loved it, and I hope that the listeners enjoyed what I had to share. If you have any follow-up questions about my career or building your own career as a career coach or something like that, let me know. Happy to answer your questions. Reach out to me on Instagram or LinkedIn. Holla. See ya. Bye. Bye. If anything about the career path featured in this episode piqued your interest, don't stop here. Take what you've learned, critically examine any follow-up questions you might have, and network to your heart's content to get the answers that you'd like, as well as make meaningful contacts with professionals in that industry that might be able to help you get your foot in the door. 
If you have a friend who would love all the detailed insider info shared in this episode, don't forget to pass this episode along to them so we could create a network of people who are empowered with the information they need to confidently make satisfying career decisions that allow them to serve in the station in society they were meant for. Thank you to everyone who has supported this labor of love known as the job library by leaving a rating and a written review of this podcast. It sincerely makes all the difference to a budding podcast like this one. If you'd like to support the show, just join in by tapping the stars to leave a really quick rating and better yet, write a few words to leave a written review and subscribe. I hope you enjoy the other Benchable episodes now available to you in the Job Library series and tune in next Tuesday for a fresh batch of interviews with professionals in fascinating, unique, and influential positions. See you soon.